Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today is not a day when we're going to talk about a specific movie, but we are going to talk about the birds and the bees. This is Latchkey Talks About the Birds and the Bees. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a five-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an 18-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And I just want to tell you that it's called We're Talking About the Birds and the Bees because Sarah didn't like Latchkey Does Porn. So because, because I didn't want listeners to think we were going to discuss a porn movie through the lens of parents. <laughs> it just didn't, wasn't really what we were going for there. No, we're talking about animated porn. So much more exciting. (laughs) So much more exciting. Okay. So, this one is my show here. So, the reason we're talking about this at all is, I feel largely because sex ed in our schools is woefully unprepared for this task. If they're even talking about sex at all, and let's be honest here, in most places, how much they're even talking about sex is definitely on the table. But if they're talking about it, they're not talking about how the internet plays into it. They're not talking about it at an early enough age to make a difference. And they're probably not talking about it without... I don't know, some sort of questionable morality, whether it's religious, whether we're talking about gender acceptance, whether we're, in in some way, Mm -hmm. we're confusing the fuck out of our children Mm -hmm. when it comes to how they're supposed to relate to each other and then someday have sex. I, I, I don't feel like this is that hard of a conversation since I've been having it with an autistic child since six years old, but clearly I am in the minority here. And then the reason why this came up, the reason that we felt the need to talk about this was because although we were both aware of this being an issue in our research for Zootopia... (laughs) Holy crap, guys. Zootopia porn is... Not gonna lie. I mean, you don't want to, you definitely don't want to Google this one. (laughs) You have to be very. Your brain will not recover. And I would say, although you have to be cognizant of what your kids are looking at online and what they're searching for online, there are certain properties that are more prone to issue. And as th- over other ones. And Zootopia is one of those properties where it becomes incredibly difficult to find things that aren't inappropriate. <laughs> and we'll talk about how they do that. So how kids are getting exposure this early. And, and I got to tell you, some of it's really kind of frightening. I'll start with the source of my research. And guys, it's all bullshit. I mean... The problem with research into porn is that all of it's biased. I am, I was really hard pressed to find facts or numbers or even research studies that weren't at the base level 
either funded by religious zealots, porn producers, or security plugins. Right. So, like, none of this information is going to come without very clear bias Mm -hmm. towards whatever story or narrative the funder is trying to create. If we're looking at it from the lens of the religious peoples, they're obviously going to tell you porn is bad, and it's morally damaging and while I don't want to actually have that conversation at all the only conversation I'm interested in having is how is porn affecting our children and I mean not that I'm like an apologist or anything I it's not that that's every religious person's view of pornography it's that the type of religious organization that is going to fund research into pornography isn't the kind necessarily that's going to have a healthy view. Correct. It's porn is bad, period. And And let's prove it. And let's prove it. So we're looking at it through that lens. Alternatively, though, you're looking at security plugins who are coming at it from much the same angle except a how can we get you to buy our shit to protect you from this terrible stuff. Right, so that's the alarmist side. Right. Or we have, I mean, Pornhub funds a great deal of research into porn, which is fine, except when you do the research into Pornhub, you're going to find a lot of really questionable things like human trafficking and mm-hmm. underage sex and, and, and. So when they're supporting porn, I'm not really buying it. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard to find the unbiased and healthy it, uh research into it because it's it doesn't so the two organizations that i will link to in the show notes are the novus project which aren't upfront about the fact that they are a christian organization but their research is at least i'm not going to say unbiased but it's at least clear it's clear where the bias stands correct The other, which is better, is, uh, I'm sure everyone knows Terry Crews, and he's got an organization called Fight the New Drug. Now, their perspective on it is a little interesting. It's that porn is very clearly an addictive substance and that you should not consume it on any level because it is addictive. So, while it's not quite uh, morality-based, it's also not got that you're going to hell with the finger-pointing kind of angle Mm -hmm. to it. I'm I'm really... But still not. But it's not great either. (laughs) Right, because if you're going to immediately put that that, uh, tag on it, then... It's hard to say that you're unbiased about what you're looking at. Yeah, if we're calling it the new drug, it's pretty clear (laughs) what our angle is here. Right. Well, at least they're clear about that, though. (laughs) Right? At least you know going into it their feelings on the subject, and it's not hidden. It's not hidden. It's just not what I would call 
unassailable character. So it's difficult to say that these numbers, as I get into my numbers, I want you to understand that I'm saying my numbers are made up. They're the best I've got because they're literally the best I've got, but I don't place a whole lot of credence in them and neither should you. When I talk about these studies, understand that the sample sizes are between three to 700 men. So we're not looking at like anything. I have a hard time with scientific studies with samples less than a thousand people because there are 7.5 billion people on the planet. When we're talking about a statistically insignificant number, what are we even saying? We're saying 700 people felt this way. Not that that's a good sample of how mm -hmm. all of us feel or act. So that's what I've got for you. My numbers are made up, but they're the best I've got. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll go back to 2008, which was when we first started looking at the influence of online pornography. At that point in time, it was estimated that exposure before the age of 13 was rare and that less than 5% of kids saw porn before the age of 13 and that then that number increased to about 70% of boys were seeing porn by the time they had reached 18. That was 2008, so 12 years ago, mm -hmm. not that long ago. A survey from 2015 found that one in five children ages 12 to 13 had already seen porn. And this is the part that really gets bad, I think. One in five kids, that's 20%. Of those same group that had been surveyed, 12% of them said that they had taken part in or had filmed a sexually explicit video. So the only conclusion you can draw from that is they're aping the behavior. Mm -hmm. We are exposing them to porn at younger and younger ages and they are turning around then and creating porn themselves. Mm -hmm. So that should scare the fuck out of you as a parent. It's not the part where they're seeing the porn. That's bad enough. It's that they're seeing the porn and then going out and making it. Mm -hmm. Sending each other videos of themselves with no clothing. Sending sexually explicit content at 9, 10, 11, and 12. And we know that they're doing it because when we bother to track this information, it's all there. Mm -hmm. We have seen an increase in bullying, obviously, at the middle school level in particular, around nudity, around exposure, around selfies with nudity. It's just, it's a whole big thing. So that was five years ago. In 2017, a study from the University of Nebraska surveyed um, college age boys. So we're considering that they were coming of age 
right around the original survey, the mm-hmm. the twenty the two thousand eight survey. Yeah. So if they were like eighteen to twenty one. Right. In 2017. That's the, that's the concept I want you to have here, is that they were originally in the younger group of exposure. Mm-hmm. So that, but what they found is that the age of exposure dictated how men see women and how they pursue them. So the younger the age of exposure, the more these boys desire power. They want to dominate they want to, um, I, let's just be honest about it. They're talking about violence. They're talking mm-hmm. about power. They're talking about rape and BDSM. And that's what they're talking about. Not that the boys who are exposed to porn at an older age fare much better. Those ones tend to view women as conquests. So that's playboy culture, Mm -hmm. right? They don't view women as people. They are objects to conquer and then mark on the wall as I had sex this number of times. Mm -hmm. It's, however, I I don't want to say typical of men and male culture, but that is at least more close to the social norm that we're used to. Right. Versus what we're seeing in these younger boys who Mm -hmm. are watching porn at young ages and then fetishize power in sex. Okay. That's a real problem. Okay. So, listener, you may still be wondering, (laughs) what does this have to do with kids' movies and what my kids are watching? Why did Briar and Sarah decide they just want to talk about porn? Oh, yeah, because I'm a good time at parties, right? Because, actually, I hope you know. I mean, I hope as a parent you're um, aware enough of the culture around what your kids are watching to know that this stuff does exist and is out there. But if you don't, please let us be the warning to you. Yeah, just don't kill the messenger. Yeah. (laughs) There's a very direct correlation between kids' movies and pornography. So here's the thread. A great number of children's movies end up on YouTube as clips. So I would even say we could back that up a little bit because I feel like this, this was an issue before YouTube even existed. There's rule 34 of the internet. So this is this has always been a thing. This has always existed. I absolutely can remember being a young teenager going on the internet in 1996 looking for things before Google existed mm-hmm. and coming across this. So rule 34 of the internet says that there is no exception. If it exists, there's porn of it on the internet. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Uh-huh. When the internet was new. And by that, it's that people in back then, in 1996, uh-huh. it wasn't that you were coming across full videos that were questionable content. It was that people were redrawing animated characters uh-huh. into pornographic situations. Uh-huh. Um, and because things like photo manipulation didn't exist at the time. Whereas now you might see people getting um, 
creative with like real life people and doing Photoshop and stuff to make the, you know, Photoshopping somebody's head onto somebody else's head in a, in a pornographic image, right? You know, and for us, I remember talking about tentacle porn at those de- in mm-hmm. those days and it being literal. Ursula, do you remember Ursula porn? Yeah. From so, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, that so was a whole thing. Photo manipulation wasn't what it was today in 1996. The first entree for that kind of stuff was actual drawings uh-huh. and animated characters are a lot easier to represent in an in a, in a drawing than well, and a hentai real life has always been a thing. Yeah. Hentai has been around as a Japanese art for centuries at this point in time. So we're certainly not reinventing any wheels here when we are animating our porn. Right. So that's just to say this isn't anything new. Uh-huh. It's just become a bigger deal and harder to protect your it's kids harder from. to exactly it's harder to protect your kids from so i think culturally zeitgeist wise we kind of started becoming aware of what we were doing well how it was getting to our kids in about 2014 so it's called elsa gate I don't know who named it. I think it was because that was around the release of the first Frozen movie. I'm sure. And that was just the popular thing at the time. I am told by my husband that it is very prolific, Mm -hmm. especially uh, the sisters together, Mm -hmm. which is... Which, I mean... The internet as a whole really, really loves incest Mm -hmm. as a trope. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, everywhere. It's in Harry Potter. It's in, Mm -hmm. I mean, Supernatural. The entire reason that fandom exists is because everybody wants the two brothers to, like, be in a romantic relationship. No, not everyone, thank you very much. (laughs) I have never shipped Sam and Dean. But, like... How yeah, many people who like it too? Oh, I know. No, I, I, you, you don't have to like, no, because yeah. you're right. It, it's everywhere in the fandom. And it's always kind of been a trope, but it's a real issue when that's your kid's first exposure to right. sex, right? Right, yeah. We're not just talking about first exposure to sex. If your first exposure to sex is lesbian incest, mm-hmm. what the fuck do you do with that? Right. Right. Yeah. On every level, that's got to be a difficult thing to process or interact with when you are eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. So, in 2014, ElsaGate began to track the phenomenon of not pornification, but instead... I'm not even sure how to call it. It's like the corruption mm-hmm. of kids' movies and cartoons. It's, 
on a surface level appears normal. Mm-hmm. It's Peppa Pig going to the dentist. And as a parent, you go, okay, Peppa's going to the dentist and walk out of the room. And that's when the dentist pulls out the fucking saw and mm-hmm. Peppa starts screaming. Like there is. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why, I mean, I'm sure. And not even think. Part of the reason why this proliferated is because you would put on a perfectly normal video for your kid, and then the YouTube algorithm would throw this next video into the queue. Which, let's let's be honest. Initially, I don't think it was really about the corruption of our children. No, I think it was probably just the corruption of the cartoon for a laugh in a satirical or other... I mean, I don't want to assume the intention here is really about corruption of our kids because I... I, Honestly, I don't know that I can function with that. Mm -hmm. That's just too sadistic for me so instead i'm comforting myself with the idea that these things were originally created to be shared amongst adults as some form of humor right even if it is hu- uh, sadistic but adult humor and it was just that, adults trying to be subversive right and that it got to kids not consciously but through the algorithm Mm -hmm. that's what i'd like to delude myself into believing yeah i'm right there with you i don't want to believe that it started off intentionally right in this manner but regardless of where it what it became but whatever it, it but the reality is that you can now start your kid watching a Peppa Pig marathon and then suddenly Peppa, Peppa's getting all of her teeth ripped out. So there's a lot of scat mm-hmm. stuff in it mm-hmm. like um a lot of um like baby play yes. is big. Age play, yeah. There's also and a so, lot of bondage. Some and of it, some of it, it's not even like overtly sexual. No, it's just you have to be watching for subversive. the context, yeah, mm-hmm. to be able to like deduce what's actually happening. And I think that the reason that it's become such a problem is that the censor process at YouTube is fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. They only watched the first 30 seconds of the video. Okay. And they've been really upfront about this. Mm -hmm. They only scan the first 30 seconds of the video. Mm -hmm. So while the initial intent may have just been to have some subversive humor, certainly now we are fully taking advantage of the fact Mm -hmm. that there is a 30 second window of normalcy and then we can cram all this shit down our kids throats yeah so i know at least in our house there is absolutely no unsupervised youtube time no no at all it's not on any of the devices that he uses without us sitting with him. The only time YouTube gets watched is 
on our couch together as a family generally when we're trimming fingernails and toenails <laughs> it's like the big carrot to get them to sit still <laughs> but and then like literally the only thing we watch on youtube is ryan oh which, god <laughs> I don't know, get yeah me we don't which is not pornography <laughs> i guess but i it's wish like... i could get rid of it <laughs> And we watch unboxing videos. Uh-huh. So, I, and we're very clear with, like, anybody, like, our parents, if they're watching our son, that YouTube is only YouTube watched is if you are sitting with him and actively watching it uh-huh. with him. I know that, I mean, if you want to allow YouTube, Amazon free time has yeah. much different restriction process and they actually screen yeah, all of the videos that are allowed through mm-hmm. free time so while there is YouTube on free time they've all actually been entirely viewed right. so you can trust that it's actually all Peppa Pig or it's right. actually what it's supposed to be yeah yeah I should I should note that he definitely uses Amazon free time without our direct supervision and it's clear that there are a lot of YouTube um content creators on there like blippy and mm-hmm. which we've also we've banned yeah blippy from the house. Blippy's not one of my favorites either <laughs> he is blocked um but there's like a lot of cake making videos right. that my son is like obsessed with that are obviously coming from youtube mm-hmm. and are not american made um but I trust that Amazon... I mean, I hate to trust Amazon. Yeah, I don't feel good saying that I trust Amazon's information. But generally, when we were looking into options for a tablet for our son, we do a lot of traveling. We do a lot of car traveling because my family is a few hours away. So it was a necessary thing in our family that we needed this for the car trips. And when we were looking into it, um, we're fairly tech-savvy people. And between Apple, Android, and Amazon, Amazon far and away has the best parental controls. Uh Um, Android and Apple, they may as well not even exist Uh because the level of um, uh, what you can restrict is, it's just not there. Well, and the ability to even go around those restrictions. Right. Like, I'm sorry if we're not expecting our kids to be tech savvy and able to break through those kinds of restrictions. Then we're not doing a good enough job. Yeah. And when you set up free time, there's a lot of rigmarole Mm -hmm. that you have to go through to get it on the tablet. And unless your kid knows your password, right. they aren't getting into the adult stuff. It's just, right. it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. There's no, still issues perfect. I have with it, but it's far and away the best parental controls on a tablet that we've been able to find. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's 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 the best that we have found. And it's not perfect. I mean, because I certainly, I, I downloaded Roblox on there mm-hmm. for my eight-year-old. And Roblox is another place where you really need to mm-hmm. be conscious. Roblox and Minecraft. Anytime there's the open user world. User-created games. Yeah. yeah. Or even the open world um, ability to, to talk. Right. Amongst each other. Right. As you're playing. 
So those are things that if you are allowing those kinds of open source play, you need to be aware and you need to be checking into those things. Mm -hmm. I'll let the eight-year-old play with the weapons, but when we get to the automatic style, he's mm -hmm. not allowed. And mm -hmm. so there's always, always, always shades of mm -hmm. gray with all of this stuff. So finally, I think that leads us to the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. and Which is COPA. COPA. People are calling it COPA. COPA. Not Copacabana. No, it's not that fun, sadly. It's not that fun. Well, I don't know. Was the Copacabana really fun? I mean, people got shot the there. Copa. Or stabbed. Stabbed Copa or shot. Copa. No, a gun. I mean, and who shot song. who? Yeah, who shot who? I, I don't know. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we're talking about COPA because it's very much right now in the presence of what's going on on YouTube, what's going on with the YouTube kid creators, mm -hmm. and how that's affecting your sponsored ads. And is this, do you think, I'm not sure, is this like a direct um, response to Elsagate, do you think? So what happened was the... FTC sued or fined in the way that the FTC does. I, I, let's say the they FTC find. cited. The, okay, a lot of times great. it's just like a notification. I love it. Excellent <laughs> word choice. They cited Google with a hefty fucking fine. So of like a hundred and eighty billion dollars. Really? Something. Like it was actually something substantial. It oh, wasn't just oh, like. Oh a, yeah, no, a it was pittance. it was a real number. Ah, oh, right. Because they have very laissez-faire rules about the advertising to children, mm -hmm. which is what COPA doesn't allow. So. So is. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead and ask a question. Um, so, do you know anything as far as, like, how advertising towards children um, is regulated on, like, television? So, you're not allowed to collect data. That is mm -hmm. what Google was very specifically fined for. Okay. According to COPA, you can advertise. You just can't collect it as a data set. Okay. For a child, by their definition, under the age of 13. Okay. So, to collect the... or collecting of the personal information mm -hmm. means, and I'm reading specifically here, requesting, prompting, or encouraging a child to submit personal information online, enabling a child to make personal information publicly available in identifiable form, and here's what got Google. Passive tracking of a child online. Okay. So with Google Kids, it's aware that it is a child's account, mm -hmm. and yet Google was making that analytic data available okay. to content creators. In the same way that they're making yours or mine. Right, right. Under, Which, uh, I yeah. mean, it's data. If you're not paying for the service, mm -hmm. you are the product. Correct. <laughs> let's let's never mince that one. If you're not paying for it, you are the product. And in this case, 
with something like YouTube. You're watching what you're watching. Mm -hmm. That data is what Google is profiting from. Mm -hmm. So they're not allowed to do that with children. Correct. And we know, because we call it that, it's YouTube Kids. Mm -hmm. So we were explicitly collecting account information for children and then collecting their metrics to be sent to the content creators. Now, content creators are unhappy with this. I mean, it's tough to track what you're doing when you don't have data for it. Mm -hmm. But as a parent, I don't give a fuck about your data. Mm -hmm. I care about the privacy and protection of my kids. Mm -hmm. That's what I care about. And if we're under the age of 13, I definitely don't want you knowing what videos they're watching. Mm -hmm. The the ramifications of that really are stunning. Mm -hmm. And it does... But it also, then, makes it easier to understand why we have Ryan. Mm -hmm. How is Ryan worth what he's worth? Because the metrics told his parents which videos got more views, Mm -hmm. got more airtime, what the kids were really enjoying watching. Mm -hmm. So then we could target those toys and subsequently make more money. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just bonkers. Like, the whole of Ryan. If you don't know what Ryan is, um, (laughs) do you actually have kids? (laughs) No, I don't think... (laughs) It's Ryan's... It's now... It's not... It used to be Ryan's Toy Review. But it was misspelled. It was like Ryan Toys Review. Uh And for years and years and years, it was this million-dollar YouTube channel with a misspelled title. (laughs) But now it's just... It's just Ryan's place or something like that. They recently renamed themselves. And he has a Nickelodeon show now. But we don't have Nickelodeon, so we don't watch it. Because we don't have cable. And we don't have cable and the Nick Jr. or Nickelodeon um, app is terrible. Like Mm -hmm. awful. In that Mm -hmm. it doesn't offer much in the way of content. And what it does offer and what my kid is interested in is, like, he wants to watch, let's say, Double Dare. They'll have, like, a thousand two-minute clips of Double Dare. And I hate it. So I re- I've refused to install it on anything in our house. And I told him it doesn't exist in our house because I'm mean mommy. But anyways. Um, I approve of all so of this, So Ryan frankly. is a little boy. I don't know. He's maybe like 10 now. He's probably 10 now. And back in the early days of YouTube, as like a thing for parents to let their kids watch, he used to unbox toys and play with toys, right? And then his whole channel like evolved and like it's a lot of him playing games with his parents. His parents are very prominent in the videos. Um, It's difficult to call them one of those horrible... Yeah. We make fun of in many subreddits that Sarah and I are a part of, we make fun of these parents who take advantage of their children's celebrity. It doesn't feel overtly doesn't. exploit exploitative. Yes, that's the correct <laughs> Um But they're not clear on what type of money they're setting aside for him. And they're no. not based in California, so there's no laws that require them to set any money aside for him. 
but they and are making also millions no laws of dollars. Requiring him to only work a certain number right. of hours, right. or the child labor laws in California are extreme, but they're mm-hmm. there for a reason, and they were yeah. created for child actors. And right. And so this kid, for intents and purposes, is a child actor. Correct whose family is not based in California and mm-hmm. has a million dollar YouTube channel. This is the type of channel where they release a new video and within hours, and I'm not saying hours like 24 hours, I'm saying hours like five Two, hours. Three. They have millions of video mm-hmm. views mm-hmm. because every kid watches Ryan. He is the number, one of the, I think, top He's always right up there in the top, and they all, like, kind of... They all alternate. Yeah. The big ones. But it is certainly a thing for kids. It's certainly based on what our children enjoyed watching previously. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's, at, at a certain level, past porn, past anything else... The tracking and documentation of our children's behavior mm-hmm. was really fundamentally just disturbing. Because I, they can't consent to that. Like, as no. an adult, when I go on to YouTube, I am fully aware that what I'm watching, how long I'm watching it for, what I watch after it, what I watch before it, and how I got to it is all being tracked by YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, because I'm an adult, and I and say I know so. that, right? But a kid can't can't consent to that. They don't understand that. And beyond that, how long is this information going to be associated with them in regards to YouTube? Mm-hmm. Is this information that they're going to be bringing with them <laughs> into like adulthood? Because we don't know. We don't we know don't. what the extent of your online activity will be in the next <sighs> 20 to 30 years. And, and this all goes back to, again, um, like parents not post, parents who don't post information about their kid online and all of that. And it's because kids can't agree to having that done. And we don't know what the ramifications mm-hmm. are of this down the line. Are we going to get to a point, and I mean, this is like the broader thing. This is kind of going off the rails here. But are we going to get to a point where, I, I see it coming up in the future, there's going to be a point where somebody's online persona from like when they were 18 is going to come back to bite them when they're running for like Congress or whatever, let's we say, right? We can certainly talk about what happened to Kevin Hart and the Oscars right. in last right. year. I mean, the thing that got him kicked off the Oscars was literally four or five bad tweets and his refusal to say, I'm sorry. Now, Mm -hmm. we can get into all of whether he should have apologized, whether he was right for standing his ground Mm -hmm. as a comic trying out new comedy. That's all irrelevant. It doesn't matter. We're talking about years-old tweets that got him kicked off of a job. That's right. it. Whether what he said was right, whether what he said was wrong, whether how he handled that was right or wrong. This All is, of that the, is irrelevant. These are the facts of the situation. And this will become more and more a thing, mm-hmm. I think, until hopefully we get to a point where everybody's just like, listen, we all did dumb shit five years ago. Let's just not worry about it. But 
who's to say that's going to happen? Who's to say when it's going to happen? And who's to say what of that information is going to get dredged up and brought out to bite you in the butt later on? And if it could be as simple as like, hey, when you were eight, you watched some porn. Well, and let's talk about those potential ramifications. So if when I am eight and I watch porn and YouTube is tracking and targeting that, what are the implications for YouTube's algorithm? Because we're not saying YouTube as an entity is doing this. We're saying the algorithm decides, oh, that must be what you like Mm -hmm. now. What the f- I mean, so what we're saying is if you actually accidentally watch a porn video as a small child, the algorithm can potentially decide that's a thing you want to see more of. Right, like, so who hasn't, once, while scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, clicked on a link for an ad that looked interesting? Hey, look, those yoga pants look like ones that I might wear. Mm -hmm. And then the only thing you see from that point forward is Is those yoga pants. pants. It's, it works the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about targeting our children. Mm-hmm. Who? So when we talk about how the algorithms work for adults, we're very clear that there is some manipulation going on and we're specifically targeting them to take an action that we want them to take. Mm-hmm. It's all very nefarious in its own way, but again, we're talking about adults. If you're not smart enough to figure out that this is happening to you, I guess that's your problem. When we're talking about our children, that does not apply. Mm-hmm. We cannot say, hey, you should have known better than to watch that because they don't right. know better. Right. So we're targeting them and then we're retargeting them. Mm-hmm. And the retargeting is, as an adult, perfectly, I mean, yeah, is it creepy when mm-hmm. Instagram gives me something in my feed that I actually haven't even searched for, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's creepy. Can you imagine what that is like for a child who doesn't understand how that works? Right. So, hey, the next time you're having a party, we'd love to come (laughs) and ruin it for you. Yeah. (laughs) Look, we don't have any answers here. We don't have any solutions for you. We don't really have any positive things to share. Other than, I hate to be moody here, but constant vigilance. Right. Right. Just know what your kids are watching. Uh Know. Yeah. Know what your kids are watching. Know what your kids are Googling. (laughs) And because that's the other side of it. If you if you Google a picture of Judy Hopps and what was uh, Nick Oh God, the amount of yeah just just know that that happens regardless of what Mm -hmm. you're trying to find. And it's gonna be there and you have to keep an eye on it. And the reason ultimately that you have to keep an eye on it constantly is that you don't want to miss it Mm -hmm. when your child because i'm not going to say if at this point in time 
when your child is exposed to porn, you need to be there for it. Mm -hmm. Because if you are not there for it, you are not going to be able to have the conversation with them that indicates that this is not something that is normal. Mm -hmm. This is not the thing that they're supposed to be seeking out. This isn't acceptable. This, whatever line however, you want to draw, however, I don't care. you've chosen to address it with your child. You need to be there to make sure that you're around to address it in the manner that you want to address it in. I don't know how you're going to address it with your kid. I don't know how I'm going to address it with my kid. And and the way you do with your kid isn't going to be the way that I do with my kid. Mm -hmm. But you need to be sure that you're the one addressing it with your kid. And not when letting it comes the, in it, the right. internet educate your children mm -hmm. on pornography. That is what we're saying. That's all we got for you. Yeah. Just be careful out there, guys. It's a, it's a wild world. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode, we are going to be venturing back into, you know the normal realm of this show and movies, although not a great one, I have to admit. But we will be talking about Bolt, the 2000 and whatever year that was sorry piece of animation. But we find, and we'll share with you, that there's a very good reason why the movie is no good. <laughs> so... So if you're in, if you're feeling us on Bolt being bad, we'll tell you precisely <laughs> why it was bad. Precisely why it was bad. And if you have any questions, commentary, thoughts, we would love to hear from you. You can find us online, Latchkey Movies, everywhere you find social media. And... Our phone number is 402-885-4875. You can give us a call, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Please, please, please say something. Anything on iTunes. I'm going to be begging for iTunes for the rest of my natural life, I feel like. If you like us, leave us a review. And that's it, right? That's all we I got. That's all. That's Did all we, we have for you. Alrighty. We'll talk to you later. Bye.